So we've been going through the series of whatever you do, right? Everybody remembers? Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, for the past two weeks, we've been doing this, and today's our last, and as we're closing it out, um, I just want to kind of recap of our first two weeks. Two weeks ago, Chris spoke, and he gave us uh, just the idea and the challenge for us to rethink about how we think of, uh, you know, what purpose and passion is, and how that reframes our work and how we, it reframes our view of work. And this is what he said. He says, the God's purpose for us, right, is to know God and to make him known. Everybody remembers that? Yes. Perfect. Cool. Right? That is our purpose. No matter what age, no matter what, you know, occupation you have, where you've been, where you're going, it doesn't matter where you are in work, whether you're a student, whether you are retired, it doesn't matter. Our purpose is simple, is to know God and to make him known. And once we understand that purpose, right, we start to have more freedom and liberty in how we view our work, whether you like your job or not, okay? Whether you like your job or not, there's this, I, there's this freedom of understanding, yes, that is my purpose, right? And not only that, our purpose, um, our work is not required to bring us our, our purpose and passion, right? It's not required to bring us that, but rather we bring our purpose and passion to our work. And I love how Matt, you know, challenged us last week, and he said this. He says, if we claim to be a follower of Christ in the workplace, and we know we have a purpose, and that purpose is directing and fueling our passion, then excellence is the only thing we're shooting for. Understanding the purpose, right, to know God and, and, and to make God known, and our passion is make, you know, Fulfilling that uh, purpose, our excellence should be the only thing that we're shooting for. Because as Christ followers, we do things to the best of our abilities so that God may be glorified. Not only that, just a reminder, excellence is not perfection, right? Excellence is not perfection, but it's giving our best. And God has given us a gift to do that. And Matt talked about this last week as well, that he has given each and every one of us a spiritual gift to work in our best excellence. So what now? All right, what now? What are we supposed to do with this purpose and passion and this excellence and the gifts that God has given us? What are we supposed to do now? What is the next step for us as believers of Jesus in our everyday whatever we do? And, and the one word that really sums everything up is this, mission. And more specifically, mission in work. And before I go on, let me just interject your thoughts here a little bit. When I say mission and work, the first thing that comes into, your, comes into our thoughts is evangelism, right? It's like, oh, I have, then, you know, mission and work means I have to evangelize. Yes, let me go and, you know, wave my Jesus flag around. <laughs> that's, that's what we think. But really, it's, it's not that. And so, you know, some of us view as mission and work as this. And I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a what do you call it, water cooler conversation, what you think mission and work is, but really it's not, okay? So I'm going to play two parts. So here we go. <clears throat> hey, Shan, did you, did you watch the game last night? Man, I was rooting for, you know, the Hornets. I don't even really like the Hornets, but I was rooting for the Hornets. I'm like, and I'll say, eh, you know, I'm not really on anybody's team because, I mean, the, really the only team that I serve is, is Team Jesus, <laughs> You know, <clears throat> put that right there. You know, Team Jesus. And that's the only team that I really serve, I mean, that, that, that I cheer for, right? <laughs> it's like Team Jesus, lifetime member. Okay, cool. All right? Maybe a conversation goes like this. You know, I'll say to Nancy, hey, Nancy, that's a cool necklace you got on there. 
Thanks, Shin. My grandmother gave it to me. Hey, can I actually show you my necklace? Because this is a super cool necklace. All right? Hold on, Nancy. Let me just get it out of my Jesus back here. <laughs> Let me show you my necklace. <laughs> this is my necklace, and it's, this is how I, you know, I serve Jesus. I'm just saying. Okay, or some of you, you know, or I had this conversation where the guy comes and goes, man, my boss is just driving me nuts today. Your boss, dude, I only have one boss. Gosh. And my boss is Jesus, man. Like, that's, that's my boss. I don't know what you're talking about, right? Or for some of you here who don't like talking, okay, who don't like talking and just, like, don't want to say anything too rude or anything like that, so you grab your mug, right? And just kind of stand by the water. <laughs> Y'all need Jesus, right? Stand by the water and be like, like saying, you need Jesus. <laughs> or some of you here will go over the top, even with your Christian friends, right? And the conversation, conversation might look like this. You know, guys, instead of getting coffee this morning, can we just take communion together? <laughs> right? Dude, Shin, what the heck are you talking about, man? We don't, we're not even a church. Like, we don't even have the bread and, you know, the, the cracker and the juice. I got you covered. <laughs> I got you covered. It's called portable communion set. <laughs> Boom. All right, if this is juice and some, you know, some cups. And I got crackers in here as well. All right? So, like, we think that's what mission looks like. Okay? We think, like, we have to wear all these, like, blings and all these things that say Jesus on it. Right? And that's what evangelism looks like. But if this is your best effort in your mission and work, then you're doing it wrong. If this is your best effort, there's nothing wrong with wearing these. I'm not, you know, maybe, maybe this. I don't know. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with wearing all of these. Okay, but if this is your best effort in, in who you say you are as, as a believer in Christ, then we're doing it wrong. Because this is just a, this is a little part of what Jesus has to give us. And evangelism is, evangelism is good. Okay, it's great. Fantastic. Do it. Put all this away because it's just a lot of stuff on there. <laughs> Fantastic. Do it. But there's so much more that Jesus has to offer you when it comes to mission and work. And here's the bottom line for today's message. Our mission and work is bridging the gap between the church and the world. Our mission and work is bridging the gap between the church and the world. Our job is to show that there is an absolute hope that we can look up to in this confusing world. See, the church is, is not journey church, okay? We are a church, right? The church is the body of Christ. And the world is not the person who's in India or in Europe. The world is the person who sits next to you in your cubicle, all right? It's that neighbor who always waves to you in the morning before you go to work, okay? That na- the, the, the world is that homeless person that sits on the sidewalk asking for help. Our mission in work is to bridge the gap between the church and the world. And in order to unpack all of this today, right, we have to go back to our main verse, and that comes from Colossians, right? Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 through uh, 317. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I love how the NLT, uh, NLT version puts this. In whatever you do or, uh, or say, 
do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And that really, you know, sets up for what we're going to talk about today. So if you're a salesperson for Apple, who are you representing? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the answer. Jesus, yes, ultimately. But who are you representing in this world? Apple, right? Cool. Right? You, you believe in their mission and vision, right? You believe in their products. Love me some Apple, okay? You believe what they do. You believe their technology, right? That it's far superior than Galaxy. Hey, Apple, what's up? All right? So, so you believe what they do. And, and so you're representing that company. If you're a banker, you're representing who? The bank. If you're a student, you're representing their school, aren't you? Right? To think bigger picture, if you're a student here, if you do well in your grades, your school is going to get more recognized. Okay, that's the bigger picture here. All right? So do well in your grades. Make your parents proud as well. Okay? So just with this, this verse 17, it's so clear on what our mission is. Being the representative of who Jesus is, living a life that models after Jesus in whatever you do, say, act, or whatever you do. So when you're at work, you're being there, you're yourself being there, you're actually mirroring who Jesus is. You're the representative of who Jesus is. It, when you're in line to get your coffee in the morning, you're representing, actually mirroring who Jesus is. So how you talk, what you talk about, what you do, what you think about, how you do, shows people who you represent. So how do we live out this mission that we have? How do we live it out? You know, we're going to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32, 17 through 32. And I want to briefly break up this passage into three parts. And, and in order for us to live out this mission and work, we have to be first set apart, second be renewed, and know who we are. So let's dive right in. And Paul is pretty clear on being set apart. Right off the bat in verse 17, Paul goes, live no longer as Gentiles do. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as Gentiles do. And let me tell you this right now. If you are a follower of Jesus today, that you have chosen, you have made a choice to live a different life. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you have made a choice to live a different life. You know, I love working as a barista before coming here. Barista, you know, I'll explain what a barista is later on, okay? But most of you guys know what a barista is. Some of you don't, but... Anyways, one of the reasons I loved working as a barista, okay, is, is this reason. I met every type of people possible in this world. I have. I've met men and women. I've met trans and gay. I've met uh, drag queens. Okay, I've met uh, government officials. Uh, what are, who else have I met? I've met good-looking and not so good looking, <laughs> right? I, I've met supermodels, okay? I've met not supermodels, all of us here. Or, sorry, you guys are all supermodels, okay? Cool, all right? I've met muscular people. I've met celebrities, like NBA stars and NFL stars, okay? I, I've met uh, children, okay? And I also have met moms juggling five kids at once while dad is texting on his phone. Okay, that's really hard to watch, okay? But also, I also have met dad trying to talk to the mom about some important stuff, but mom is just on her phone, right? I've met government, government business people. I was in contact with everybody. It was fantastic. You know, I, I'm going to brag about it a little bit, but 
I got t- tickets to Panthers for free. Like, that's, yeah, it was fantastic, all right? I've never had to pay for any of, like, NFL games or even the Charlotte Knights games, like, ever. Everything was free. Anyways, that's a little bragging thing. Okay, so I remember there was a time, you know, a person came in with dwarfism, right? A person came with dwarfism. And after serving him coffee, and he left the store, and I heard one of my employees just laughing, like, and just making jokes about him. And, and here I am, right, as a Christian man. What am I supposed to do? Well, I had to give him a little nudge and say, hey, man, listen, he's, he's a human being, okay? He's a human being, and we don't, we don't do that. that that's, not, that's not right. Now, knowing me, I totally could have joined in. I could have. I mean, it's, it's easy to make fun of somebody. Let's just be honest here, right? It's really easy. In our unconscious minds, we, we do it all the time. I could have joined in. But because I knew that I had a higher standard of living, I knew that I had to nudge him and say, okay, this is, this is not right. And, and the win for me here is next time that same person came in, nobody said anything. And that was like, yes, Jesus. <laughs> like, yes, Jesus, you won, this, you, know, you won this battle. And I'm sure you've been in situations where you've met that fork on the road. Okay, you've met that fork on the road. Not just in jokes, but I'm talking ethically, I'm talking morally, I'm talking emotionally, I'm talking spiritually, I'm, ta- I'm talking just all these ugly, like, ending word things, right? In a workplace, we actually have to nudge somebody and say, hey, this is, not, this is not right. And this culture that we live in, this culture that we live in, is, it says to just turn the other way, doesn't it? It just says, eh, don't worry about that. That's not big. That's, that's what the popular culture is saying. You know, if you cheat on your taxes, that's okay. That's totally fine. It's just on you a little bit. It won't hurt. Or, or it's okay to flirt with somebody at work, even though I'm married. It's just only flirting. It's going to be okay. But as Jesus followers, we're not here to indulge or approve of what the popular culture is saying. But we're here to be countercultural. Like, as Jesus followers, we are countercultural. And let me give you a warning. Being countercultural, you will get pushback. You will get pushback. Not because you're waving that Jesus flag around, but because you're standing up for truth, and, and that's something that's so countercultural of today. You know, people don't care that you believe in Jesus. People don't care that you go to church. But what people do care about, once you say, I believe in a certain truth, and that is the absolute truth, then you will get the claws thrown at you. Friends, Jesus never promised us a pain-free, drama-free, or, or hurt-free life. You know what Jesus said? Look what Jesus says in John 16, 33. He said, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We serve Jesus who has overcome death, he who has overcome the world, who has overcome the popular culture. So why are we so afraid to stand up for the truth that we believe in? Why are we so afraid to be so counter-cultural? Now, this isn't a permission for you to go outside of your office and get a picket and 
do one of these things, right? And be like, Jesus, Jesus is the truth. You know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're all going to hell. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not the idea here. But that, that's something that Jesus would advise against, first of all, right? But we're doing it in grace and truth. In grace and in love. And so in order for us to live out the mission in work, we first have to be set apart. Not only do we have to be set apart, but we also need to be renewed. Let's get that up there. We need to be renewed every day. Let's read verses 20 through 24. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. This is before Jesus, getting to know who Jesus is, right? Let's go to the next verse. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You know what irks me the most about most Christians, and this is including me, and I'm pointing my finger at myself as well, it is those who claim to follow Jesus yet living a, life, a worldly lifestyle. Those who claim to follow Jesus yet living a worldly lifestyle. You know, I'll be telling another barista story because, I mean, that was my career for like past four years that I was here in Charlotte, okay? So baristas are basically uh, morning bartenders, okay? They're basically morning bartenders that give drugs to people. Okay, <laughs> they're morning bartenders that give drugs to people. Okay, if you don't know, caffeine is a drug that is regulated by the FDA. So now you know. Any coffee drinkers here? Woo hoo! Yeah, yeah. All you junkies. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. I drink coffee and I, I love coffee. Okay, and yeah, I'm gonna keep this mug for myself as well. But you know, but you know, morning baristas are basically morning bartenders. And here's why I say that. Customers will come in at 6 o'clock in the morning and will, you, will tell you everything and anything possible what is going on in their life, okay? Even at 6 o'clock in the morning, they'll come in and be like, oh, my wife is driving me crazy this morning. I'd be like, cool story, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm here for you. Here's your coffee. Please go on your work, you know? And, and people will come in at 6 o'clock and be like, what a day, <laughs> right? Dude, it's only six. I just woke up, man. Like, what do you mean, what a day? What, you know? But anyways, you know, that, and that same customer come back and, and, and give a different complaint. Be like, oh, my boss is the worst. And the what a day guy will say, what a day. You know? And, and it, I would have people come in and tell me things that, like, their families didn't even know. And I'm like, huh. Like, why do I know this? Like, don't tell me these things. But again, People tell bartenders everything, and baristas everything, okay? And there's no alcohol involved at 6 o'clock in the morning. But still, they tell them anyways. Anyways, all right, so there's this guy that I met, all right? And I'm not going to say his name for disclosure issues and blah, blah, blah. But this is a true story. You know, it was my fault for asking how his weekend was, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because he went on this long journey on, on, on telling his story. And I'm going to shorten it a little bit. He said, my Friday was great. I relaxed. I stayed home after a long week of work. I'm like, cool, that's fantastic. He said, I went to Bible study Saturday morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a believer. That's fantastic. And he goes, let me tell you about Saturday night, okay? <laughs> he's like, I had too many to drink. I had to take Uber home. 
I'm going, great. You just had Bible study Saturday morning. And you got drunk on Saturday night. I'm like, okay, all right. You know what? We've all been there. Okay, we've all been there. I'm not judging here. Right? And he goes, man, I woke up totally hungover and went to church. And the message was great. And Jesus was cool. And then my girlfriend spent the night over at my house last night. I'm standing there going, okay, nothing is making any sense to me right now. I'm going, I am super confused where you stand on where you believe who Jesus is. And let me be honest here. I mean, how can we as Jesus followers be a great representative of who Jesus is if we look like everybody else in this world? How can we be a great representative of who Jesus is if we look like everybody else in this world? If everybody's blue, are we just going to be blue? Let's be red, you know? If we claim to be a follower of Jesus, we must let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, renew our thoughts and our attitudes. And do you know what Jesus says about, you know, lukewarm people? Because lukewarm people are basically living two different worlds, right? Here's what Jesus says about lukewarm people. He says, I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot. Would that you are either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Have you ever had lukewarm coffee? It is the grossest thing in the world, right? Be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm, all right? If you want hot coffee for a long time, get one of those nice Yeti tumbler things, okay? But if you want lukewarm coffee, get the paper cups, okay? Nobody wants lukewarm coffee. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Like, be either for me or don't, don't be for me. Like, some of, some of us here, let's be honest, some of us here like being lukewarm. Do you know why? Because we can use Jesus as a crutch, right? We do something wrong over the weekend, and we come to Sunday morning and be like, I got, I'm safe because I got Jesus on Sunday morning. Right? Or we think of something that we shouldn't have thought or done something that we shouldn't have done, right? And you'll go, oh, I'm safe because Jesus is going to forgive me. Yes, there's truth to that. You have Jesus Sunday morning. Yes, you do. Okay, yes, Jesus is going to forgive you. Definitely true. But you're living the very minimal of what Jesus has to offer you for your life. And Jesus is saying, stop straddling the fence. Like, be either all for me or don't be all for me. That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus didn't die on the cross, you know, giving halfway, be like, I'm halfway dead. He, no, he's like, I'm all the way dead, and I'm going to be all the way alive, and I'm going to all the way come back. Like, that's, that's his all-in mentality, and that's his all-in for us. So if Jesus gave us everything, and our response, our proper response, is to give him everything. So let me challenge you, my friends, here. And, and this comes from the very sincerest of my heart, and I'm saying this to myself as well. Be either all in for Jesus or don't be at all. Be either all in or don't be at all. Nobody wants a lukewarm people. Nobody wants, even Jesus said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And that's my challenge for you guys. Choose a side. Renew your minds with the things of Christ. Renew your minds through the Holy Spirit by carrying that cross daily putting aside our plans and putting aside our desires so that we may live with Jesus completely. And, and I just want to kind of put up this verse here. Be transformed by the reading of your mind. Romans 12, to you hear this a lot here, a journey. 
Because not only this is part of our mission and vision and core values and all that, okay, but it's so true. See, we think that renewing our mind is just a one-time thing and done. Like, it, I renew my mind, cool, I am good to go for the rest of my life. No, you know what renewing your mind means? It means that we renew our minds in the morning, we renew our minds in mid-morning, we renew our minds during lunch, mid-lunch, dinner, before going to sleep, and then waking up. That is what renewing our minds look like. It's not a one-time thing that we say, I believe in you, Jesus, and I'm renewing my mind. That's great. Cool. What are you going to do about it? Well, as simple people, we're always going to fall into sin, so we are in constant need to renew our minds. And through that, we are transformed. That we're transformed by renewing of our minds. And transform people, you know, you know what they do? They love people like Jesus would love them. You know what transform people do? They give grace and, and forgiveness like Jesus would give them. And they, would, they tell people about the absolute hope of Jesus Christ. And you know what effect transformed people have? People start to notice the difference. In you. People start to notice the difference in you. So, friends, stop straddling that fence. First of all, it's uncomfortable, okay? It's very uncomfortable. Choose a side. Don't be lukewarm people, but be renewed through the work of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we need to be set apart, not only do we need to renew our minds, but lastly and briefly, we need to understand, in order to understand the mission and work, we need to know who we are. We need to know who we are. What do I mean by this? Let's read verse 30 together. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And in the NASB version, it says this, you are sealed for the day of redemption. You are sealed the day of redemption, meaning that when you said, yes, Jesus, I will follow you to the ends of the earth, you have been given that mark of salvation through the Holy Spirit. That's who you are when you said, yes, I follow Jesus. And verses right before this, you know, in, in first, verses 25 to 29, Paul says that, you know, before we knew who Jesus was, we were liars, we were sinners, we were abusive people, we were thieves, okay, we were uh, filled with anger. But now that you know who Jesus is, we now tell the truth rather than a lie. We're no longer controlled by the anger. We're no longer controlled you know, by the thievery of the hands that we have. But we use our hands to glorify who God is. The abusive person that we used to be, the, the nasty words that we, we would spit out to other people, now we use those words in, in turn so that God may be glorified, so that we only speak encouraging words to others because we know who Jesus is. And then read verse 31 through 32. It says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know that person who... Uh, sits in that next cubicle next to you, who's super annoying, yeah, um, be kind to that person. It, you, know, you know that guy who just never stops talking? I know some of you guys already have a picture in your head. You're like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, um, be tender to that guy. You know that lady who keeps stealing your lunch at work? <laughs> forgive that person. Do something about it, okay? <laughs> Do something about that. But forgive that person. You know that homeless man who keeps bothering you on your way to get your morning coffee? You know what Jesus is saying? Love that person. Love that person. Not out of forcefulness, like, ugh. Like, I, okay, I'll, I'll listen to him talk today. Not out of forcefulness of our, of our nature, but in understanding who we are as redeemed people. Like, if we do things out of forcefulness, then it's just going to come out as forcefulness. But if we're really transformed people by renewing our minds and knowing who we are as redeemed people, then we can only see that person as how Jesus would see that person. And I hope that this series has been a challenge for each and every single one of you here. Because I know that has challenged me a lot. Not just because I work at a church. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, <laughs> that doesn't exclude me from this at all. Because we all have one mission. And the mission is bridging the gap between the church and the world. And here's the truth. People don't want to just hear about who Jesus is. Like, they've heard it all. You know what I mean? They've heard it all. They've heard it in the televangelist. They've heard that guy on Tryon and Trade who says, you know, Jesus loves you. You know who I'm talking about, okay? Some of you who are working uptown Charlotte, okay? You, you know, they, they've heard it all. They've heard it. They've seen it in, you know, their bathroom stalls, that little cars that says Jesus saves. They've heard it all. Like, they don't, they don't just want to hear you say that Jesus loves them and Jesus saves. You know what they want? They want to see that evidence of Jesus in your life. That's what they want. That's what people want. You know, for, for instance, people are hurting, right? Can we not to that? Yeah, we're hurting. People are hurting, okay? People are yearning for more. People are wanting to hear the truth. They want someone to be at least be different, right? They want, that, they want, to, they want to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I know this because, you know, they're always constantly searching for truth. And because that's how God designed us. God designed us to always bring him back to him. That's how he designed our hearts. So people are going to constantly search for truth. But people are searching in the wrong areas when they're searching for who Jesus is. You know, I know this because I witnessed it firsthand. And again, being a barista, I've been blessed. And I, I've come to a realization that, you know, those four years that I had, God's been showing me some things that were just mind-blowing because he's been showing me the pains and the hurts and, and, and the, 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 the depravity and the brokenness of this world that it has. And my only mission and my only, only stand that I can have is be for Jesus and to speak that truth. You know, I've seen divorces happen right in front of my eyes. And, man, that's, that's rough. Like, I, I've seen, you know, people who come in the morning for their coffee, right, come back in the afternoon three hours later and have no job. I, I've seen people who, you know, I've seen families break up. 
I've cried with people. Like, they would come in the store crying, and I would cry with them. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm crying about, but I'm crying with them. I've seen death of loved ones. I've seen cheating on their spouses. Like, they would be talking about their wife, and then it would be somebody else. They'll be kissing, like, right in front of my eyes. I have seen brokenness of humanity. He's working as a barista. And you know what mends families together? Do you know what brings healing and reconciliation and peace in these times? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus brings healing peace. He, he died for this broken humanity. And guess what? He wants to bring the, the reconciliation, the peace, and the healing through you. He wants to bring that through you. See, God put you in your current work situation, in your current workplace, so that you can penetrate into the subculture with the gospel of love, grace, and truth, and forgiveness. That's the reason why he put you in your workplace right now at this current moment. That's why he put you in your schools right now at the current moment where you're studying. Like, it's not because you like it or not, but the, the purpose it's so that we can penetrate into the culture that we have and be counterculture and bring the grace and truth of Jesus to each and every person who needs to hear about who Jesus is. Of the gospel of grace, love, and forgiveness. And we all know this good news verse that we have and we've all grown up with it if you grew up in church and you've heard it as well and we all know it. And this comes from John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, why? He gave his one and only son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. But have everlasting life. Because God loved the world. Because God loves that cheater, he sent his only son. Because God loves that, that, the, the person who has pain because of a, death of a death of a loved one. Because he loves that person. Because he loves the broken. Because he loves the couple who divorced. Because he loves the person who lost their job. Because of this broken humanity that we have, God sent his son, Jesus, on this earth so that we can have everlasting life with him. But friends, he wants to use you through that. He wants to use you. And our mission in work is simple. It's bridging the gap between the church in the world, and it's being the light in the darkness. Let's pray together. Father, we first want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that you first would send your son for our brokenness, for our simple nature, so that we may have that everlasting life with you. God, help us to not brush off the brokenness of humanity onto the side and say it's not important. But God, help us to be that in the forefront of our minds, to bring that light into the darkness that people need to hear about the truth of who Jesus is. 
not by God, help us not to think that it's by waving banner of flags of who Jesus is, but God, by who we are as a representative of you, how we talk, what we do, that it will all be pointed towards you, Jesus. God, we thank you for you doing it in our hearts. We thank you for your constant grace and your love and your forgiveness. God, we love you so much. Help us to be challenged to do everything in our work for your name and for your glory. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.